This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth managers who go above and beyond to guide and support you. CanDo is more than just an attitude. It's navigating today for a brighter tomorrow. Visit CanDoWealth.com. Hello and welcome to a special episode of Coffeehouse Scots. It's Sunday and Nicola Sturgeon's spokesperson has just put out a statement. Nicola Sturgeon has today, Sunday 11th June, by arrangement of Police Scotland attended an interview where she was to be arrested and questioned in relation to Operation Branchform. I'm joined by Fraser Nelson and Ian McWhirter, who has just written about this for Coffeehouse. Ian, just to bring listeners up to speed, this is a long-running investigation. You've already had Nicola Sturgeon's husband brought in and questioned, arrested, and, and then let go. This suggests that there's a significant ramping up in terms of seriousness. Um, yes, about six weeks ago when uh, he was uh, arrested and thereafter Colin Beatty, the party treasurer, was arrested and released, we must insist on, on pointing out, without charge, Everyone, I think, thought that the campaign, that rather the investigation had sort of gone into abeyance. And that's when you started getting figures in the SNP, around the SNP, like Murray Foote, the former spin doctor, former head of communications for the SNP, coming out and saying, well, you know, this looks like a wild goose chase. It's not going anywhere. And you had Noel Dolan, one of her former top advisors, really openly criticising the police and saying this was a, you know, this was a circus and that it was completely over the top. So I think there was a feeling in the SNP that maybe this was beginning to go away, that after these extraordinary events, you know, we saw the motorhome being impounded, uh, which had been uh, purchased by the SNP for over £100,000, or it was worth £100,000 at any rate, lying in Peter Murrell's mother's driveway being taken away by police and we had all these other references to things that they'd, they'd taken into in, into the investigation like I mean everything we had knives we had kitchen utensils kitchen utensils we had a fridge freezer I mean the whole thing was a bit farcical and so I thought I think people were beginning to think you know this is maybe going away but it, clearly it hasn't the nightmare on Operation Branch Form is back, uh, just as Hamza Youssef is trying to get his feet under the table in Butte House. And this is absolutely catastrophic news for the Scottish National Party. There's no getting away from it. Whatever happens now as a result of this investigation, it's still done immense damage, even though it's not shown up particularly in, their, uh, in, in the support for independence. The SNP support is, is definitely falling. And remember, they have the prospect of a very difficult by-election coming up, possibly in Rutherglen in the not-too-distant future. So this is a very serious, serious time. And Fraser, before we look at what this means for him, Yusuf, and the SNP more generally, um, can you just put into context, I suppose, for listeners, the significance of a former leader being interviewed by the police? Well, the arrest of a former Prime Minister or First Minister is simply not the sort of thing that we see very much in, in, in Western democracies. It's um, extraordinary. And this is damaging, of course, for Hamza Youssef, because only, um, in a, only a couple of days ago, when Boris Johnson said he quit Parliament, Hamza Youssef said that he's, he was deploring Westminster's third-rate political soap opera. That's what he called it. The implication being that you wouldn't get the sort of thing happening in, in Hollywood. 
Well, I think to say that Hollywood is coming out with some first-rate um, drama now with them, um, you know, the, the, not just um, Nicola Sturgeon's husband, but Sturgeon herself arrested and, and this ongoing investigation. As far as we know, though, the investigation is simply into whether funds that were intended for a Scottish referendum campaign were used instead for a general election campaign. So there isn't any suggestion that I've seen of it going further than that. So I think the political drama here, we're seeing the police, obviously they don't want to be seen to be not taking this seriously, so they're being incredibly thorough now. Though uh, while this is bad for the SNP, there's still a significant number of SNP voters who would, would, will still vote for the SNP regardless. So I think we ought not to overstate this being terminal for the SNP. I think that Yusuf's popularity has been going up recently. I mean, um, the SNP less so, but it's still you know, reasonably high for a party mired in as much scandal as a party could perhaps be in, in the sort of normal parameters of Western democracies. Now, Ian, you're joining the podcast from Scotland. How, how much public interest do you think there has been in this operation, long-running investigation? Um, has public interest increased as the arrests have uh, obviously begun and the most prominent today? Um, well, yes. I mean, there's, you know, people are, are agog at this investigation. I mean, ever since that forensics tent was erected outside Nicola Sturgeon's home in Uddingston in Glasgow, uh, I mean, this has just been a constant subject of uh, discussion and speculation. And I think it has, uh, you know, has damaged the, the SNP. Um, you know, the SNP is on the turn anyway. Nicola Sturgeon, uh, towering figure, by his own admission, Hamza Youssef is, is a pygmy by compar- comparison. And the SNP support has been flagging. And as I say, there's an important by-election coming up. In the run-up to the next uh, general election, the SNP are bracing themselves definitely for losses across central Scotland. Labour is very confident of taking Rutherglen, and they're also very confident of getting at least 10 seats uh, in the next general election. After um, really 15 years when the SNP has dominated Scottish politics at every level, and it still does at every level, it is now on the turn. And this is one of these kind of moments which uh, happens to parties every now and again, or happens to governments. And uh, uh, I think that the damage is going to be incalculable, whatever happens, as I say. And no no one's suggesting that anybody is guilty here of uh, criminal behaviour. But it has to be said, I mean, the police statement today says that Nicola Sturgeon has been arrested as a suspect in a criminal investigation into the uh, use of party funds and fundraising. So, I mean, you know, they're not going out of their way to minimise the significance of this moment. Actually, it's the second, if you think about it, it's the second uh, first minister who has uh, been arrested by police in the last uh, three years because, of course, Alex Salmond was arrested as well. He was arrested in uh, 2020 and charged with 13 counts of sexual assault uh, and uh, attempted rape, all of which he saw off and all of which, uh, you know, he was, he was acquitted of uh, in the subsequent uh, trial. But that was obviously pretty damaging to the SNP too because it split. There's now two SNP, that's two nationalist parties in Scotland. There's Alex Salmond's ALBA and there's the SNP. And this has been, you know, there's a lot of positioning going on at the moment and a lot of uh, movement in ALBA trying to create a new forum in which the leadership of the independence movement can be prized from the grip of the SNP by creating an independence, a cross-party independence convention, a bit like the, the Scottish uh, convention in the 1980s. So this, you know, this again is going to weaken Hamza Yusuf's uh, position. It's going to 
bolster Alex Salmond. But he will, you know, he's obviously being very careful what he says about this, but, you know, he, he doesn't really need to say anything at all. There's, there's, the predicament of the Scottish National Party is evident to anybody who's watching the television at the moment. And um, uh, this is just not going to go away. Now, Fraser, if if the operation were to go to trial, um, that could ultimately run for years, um, timed for a general election. Do you think Scottish Labour and Assar is currently rubbing his hands with glee? Well, yes, he will. But you'll see that there's an imbalance here. I mean, the Conservatives are going through their own trauma right now. Boris Johnson pick up the Sunday papers and they're full of various Tory factions attacking each other and other parties saying, look at the Tories, what a mess. Now, the difference here is that those discussing the SNP's um, predicament are um, basically warned by the police that they could be done for contempt of courts and two years imprisonment, etc., And I think this is what's going to really become an important issue now. Now that Nicola Sturgeon herself has been arrested as a suspect, are we really led to believe that people cannot comment about this in the way that they could with the normal um, cut and thrust of politics? There's a guy called Callum Steele who used to run the Scottish Police Federation who wrote recently that he just didn't think the contempt rules could hold, not in these circumstances. He was saying, like, why should the powerful have a shield denied to the masses? Um, that Nicola Sturgeon was, is still right now refusing to answer any questions, saying there's an investigation ongoing. Of course, that doesn't stop her um, answering questions. Um, but nonetheless, the investigation and the contempt rules can actually together form something which inhibits a political discussion on a rather important topic. So if it does go to a trial, it's very strange to think that there could be a general election in the middle of a trial where the question of the SNP's suitability for office and their potential criminality cannot really be discussed by other politicians or campaigners through threats of contempt. So I really struggle to see how this um, how this pans out. Uh, by the way, I should notice I should note that the support for independence in Scotland still is pretty much what it was of the last referendum. Broadly speaking, fifty five forty five. So it's not as if that support has collapsed. And while the SNP will um, lose several seats, and probably Labour Party will pick them up at the next election, it could well still gain the majority of seats in Scotland. So this will make it very difficult indeed. I mean, we're having this podcast on a Sunday. The normal rules of podcasts are you put them out fairly quickly. But now anything that you say about the SNP would need pretty much the approval of lawyers. So people will have to talk about this with much more guarded terms than they would talk about the turmoils typically of other political parties. And just finally, Ian, as Fraser mentions, this is turning into be one of those weekends where this is the second emergency Coffee House Shots podcast. We had Boris Johnson um, on Friday night quitting the Commons. We're seeing Rishi Sunak haunted by Boris Johnson and a threat that that's going to really weigh on him in terms of the next election. Do you think Hamza Yousaf has a similar problem when it comes to his predecessor? Um, well, not a similar problem because... Uh... As you were, you were alluding to earlier, Nicola Sturgeon still is a kind of towering figure in Scottish politics. The, the, the amazing thing, though, is, you know, you just wind back to, to mid-February, only you know, a few months ago, when before she made her, her shock resignation announcement. I mean, the SNP was utterly, she had dominated politics at every level. The SNP dominated at every level. She had no rivals in the party. She had no rivals out the party. The opposition parties were flatlining. Labour had no dreams of gaining seats at the next election, or not many seats anyway. 
And then she suddenly went. I mean, this is the most extraordinary thing. Now, obviously, people are saying, well, well was it because of Operation Branch Form? Did she know that all this was coming and therefore she was getting out, you know, before the roof fell in? Well, I don't think that even stands up itself either, because surely if she knew that this was going to happen, that her husband was going to be arrested, I mean, she may have thought that there might be they might have be questioning, but not that there'd be such high-profile arrests that a forensics tent would be erected in their front garden. You know, if she'd known that was coming, I think she would probably have stuck in Butte House because that's the safest place to be. You know, you're you're not impregnable, but the police would think twice about setting up a a forensics tent outside the official residence in the West End of, of Edinburgh. Um, and she would also have the, the, the government lawyer standing in the background saying, you know, this is, this is really not on, Chief Constable. So I, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's one of these great puzzles in politics. No one will, I don't think anyone will ever really know quite what happened, why she resigned when she did. Obviously, this must have been in the background. She knew about it because it's been going on for two years. Since it's people on social media like uh, Stuart Campbell, the um, uh, Wings Over Scotland, had been speculating about this for, for a very long long time. And the police investigation started two years ago. So, you know, she, it was in the background. But there were other things happening as well, most notably her Gender Recognition Scotland bill, which had, uh, had uh, bitten the dust or at any rate had been uh, blocked by Westminster under Section 35 of the Scotland Act and was clearly going nowhere. So there are other, other reasons possibly in the background for why, why she, re, she resigned so, so dramatically. But everything, is, everything that's happened to the SNP since then has from, been from that date. And I, can, I can't think of any time in history when uh, you know, a, political, a government which is in such control of events could lose them so rapidly in such a short period of time by one single act from the leadership. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Fraser. And thank you for listening.